0: Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this week, we reviewed Ford v. Ferrari from 2019, starring Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Stay at the beginning for a spoiler-free review. Find out if you'd like to see the movie. And then after the spoiler horn, you can hear all about our thoughts from around the movie and all the spoilers. This episode, we will talk all about Le Mans. Nate covers his traditional accent corner. Stephen talks about the watch that he would like to own. And I convinced Nate that the
1: Nürburgring is a real thing. All this and more on this episode of Movies on the Side.
0: All right, Ford v. Ferrari 2019, starring Christian Bale and Matt Damon. This movie, Rotten Tomatoes, Nate, do you care to wager a guess? It's Rotten Tomatoes. I
1: will guess Critics 71.
0: And Audience? Audience, 81. Nate, let me tell you, 92, 98. Mm. This movie is in the 90s for both critics and audience. This is a high-scoring movie. Yeah. So I'll be honest. I saw this movie poster around, and I saw it for rent in the Apple TV, and I honestly was not, I don't know, for some reason it didn't really interest me. Like, I'm not so much of a car person. And Nate, I have to tell you, I enjoyed this movie. It's a very good movie. Oh, you have different feelings. Steven,
1: I thought it was a good movie. Okay. It was, in my opinion, not a great movie. Okay. And I can't tell if it's because I'm not a car guy mm. or if I found different parts of this movie a little superfluous, I would say.
0: It's a long movie,
1: <laughs> two hours and 32 minutes long.
0: It it's a says. long movie. Yes.
1: I would say that Ford v. Ferrari, in order for me to really like it, I could have used forty more minutes on that cutting room floor.
0: I think that's accurate. So one of the things that I didn't know going into it that is, is a historical film. It is covering the saga of Shelby, the man, joining the Ford Motor Company into creating a race car. Hence one day, you know, the Shelby Mustang. Halfway through the movie, I was very curious as to like what happened. So this is the this is a spoiler-free part. So we're not giving any spoilers away. Right. But man, I did do some some Wikipedia-ing while watching the movie, and I was uh that a kind of ruined it for <laughs> for me because because the ending is accurate to history. Right. But because there was actually some some true stuff happening that also increased my interest into it. I always like a true story aspect. Uh, to a film so that was interesting it was very interesting to me because although it was a true
1: story i am so unfamiliar with all of it like i have yes just barely (laughs) ever heard of le mans before right and the the 24 hour race that i think there were several things working against me while watching this movie one of them was just my complete ignorance as to any history with racing or ford (laughs) or ferrari i went into this movie going you know to be honest, I'm not sure if it's about a guy named Ford against a guy named Ferrari, or if this is the cars.
0: <laughs> right, I was I was in a similar place. For me, I had a good friend, still a good friend, but also we were roommates in college. I knew him in high school. He was a gearhead, motorhead, whatever you want to call it, really into cars. And his Ford Mustang was his pride and joy. Mm. And he would talk to me about... Well, you see, you got the Mustang, and then you have the Shelby Mustang, and then you have the Roush Mustang. It's uh, R O U S H. And I said, "Wait a minute! I don't. Why? Why are there so many of these?" And so I never really understood it. I actually had some appreciation to finally understand why there is a Shelby Mustang, and so I appreciated learning that. But I also, while I have no desire to be interested in cars, I really have no. Not into cars. I do love getting into the oeuvre of a world like racing cars and to hear about this race called Le Mans and it's 24 hours and there's like records that, you know, have not been broken or can be broken or this has never been done before. Like I enjoyed that aspect of it. Again, even with sports, like we've talked about sports before. I typically don't care much about sports until there's like some earth-shattering or earth-breaking achievement or accomplishment, something that's about to happen, and that interests me. So I enjoyed it for that.
1: I think watching people that are super passionate about a topic or a subject that I know nothing about makes me really appreciate it. I don't know if you've ever watched like for example like figure skating or something that like oh, yeah. that I'm just not completely into. Right. I think I watched a documentary once on, on acrobats and the amount of time and passion that goes into these things and into racing and into cars is something that I'm I'm with you. I can't necessarily relate to, but I enjoy watching movies about people who their passion is so evident.
0: So let me just say that the two main characters, Carol Shelby played by Matt Damon.
1: They are not Ford or Ferrari. Sorry.
0: (laughs) No, no. Carol Shelby played by Matt Damon. Ken Miles played by Christian Bale. On the face of it, I found their performance great. You know, I love Christian Bale and pretty much everything he does. Similar with Matt Damon. Mm -hmm. But for these characters, after reading just a little bit about the actual people from history. You know, I thought they did an incredible job. I love Christian Bale trying to do this British accent and talking about tea. And like he, I mean, you know, Christian Bale can really get into a role. And I thought his performance and their relationship together in the movie, the characters, it's worth a watch. Like I I really enjoyed seeing that friendship and, and go through some of the difficulties and awkwardness that came from trying to work with this massive company called Ford and the strain it put between them. So I thought that that was interesting. It did give me, it actually gave me flashbacks, probably because
1: this is the first time Christian Bale has gone back to a British accent since the Prestige, uh-huh. but it gave me Prestige vibes from the standpoint, if you have two actors in a movie that are just great, yeah. You really don't need a whole lot around them in order to make a compelling movie. Like those two together, you can just tell these are great actors. Right. And what comes around it, while I think it's maybe a little long and not always my cup of tea, it's still fun to see Christian Bale and Matt Damon interact with each other.
0: And I also loved seeing how they interacted and dealt with this massive motor company Ford. You know, they were told they were going to have autonomy and be able to build this race car, and then how that always comes back to marketing, and what the suits want, versus what the guys on the ground actually building the car know needs to happen. And so that dynamic, I identify with it personally, but I also find it to be like a an interesting dynamic to explore, especially that it was historical. I thought a lot of the scenes were just really well done and, and hilarious. This is not a spoiler, but just at the beginning when Henry Ford the second goes into the factory and just yells at all the workers and
1: walk home while you're walking. I want you to ruminate
0: man comes to my office with an idea. That man keeps his job. Those scenes are great. I enjoyed watching them. Yeah. Let me give a
1: little shout out to James Mangold, who is the director of this movie. He's done some pretty cool stuff. He's the director. We've talked about Kate and Leopold on this uh, podcast about Hugh Jackman in a, a rom com back in the day, <laughs> uh, but he has directed Walk the Line, Three Ten to Yuma, Logan, and then he's directed a couple movies that I would say critically not as great: uh, The Wolverine, mm. Night and Day. I don't. Do you remember that movie? No, not so. with Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise. No, I do not. I don't. Oh, maybe we'll have to do that sometime for Mott's. But uh, he has not directed, I mean, more than 14 movies uh, since 1995. But some of them, like, Walk the Line, Uh, I think won won some awards (laughs) back in the day with Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, But he's definitely worked with Christian Bale before in 310 to Yuma, which is one of my favorite westerns.
0: Okay. I also loved this. This is, again, not a spoiler, but... At the beginning of the movie, it talks about how Ferrari, the car maker, and Enzo Ferrari, the owner and founder, was chasing perfection. There's this clip uh, in this boardroom where one of the marketing guys is trying to make a pitch that Ford needs to get in the race car business. Enzo has spent every lira he's got chasing perfection. You know something? He got there. But now he's broke. There's this thread throughout the movie of achieving perfection. Ken Miles, the race car driver, trying to achieve the perfect lap. Right. Trying to create the perfect car. That's as fast as it can be, you know, and, and not have these issues. How to, you know, do a perfect race. And then also balancing that with, like, how to be a good father and provider. And how to, you know, all these questions about perfection versus, like, the cost and the worth. Right. You know, what, what is it worth to try and achieve perfection and then even if you achieve it, what next? All that all those questions. I really enjoyed wrestling with those throughout. Again, something I identify with. It is a fun theme
1: to this movie because there is a type of nobility that both Miles and Shelby have when it comes to you no know, matter no matter what we win or no matter what we have, this drive to continually improve. Mm-hmm. And to make something, that striving for perfection is a noble pursuit. And that's part of, I think, part of the inspiring part of this movie is that seeing these guys who, like, will not rest, mm. they, they're they not taking big vacations because they're, all right, we're moving on to the next thing. We're moving on to uh, how to improve again in this, this fun journey, almost not to necessarily hit perfection, but to creep totally closer to it, if that's right. a word.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, should we rate this movie and then maybe get into some specifics? Yeah, let's do it. So, I would like to rate this movie on a scale of zero to five stopwatches. This is, again, not a spoiler, but there's a scene where Matt Damon, the Carol Shelby character, steals a stopwatch from the Italian team <laughs> and they can't find any of their stopwatches. And he turns to his, his friend. And he's like,
1: I stopwatch. You want one?
0: They're Italian. And you know, the whole movie is them trying to like beat the clock. That's the whole thing. You got to do it faster and do it better. So anyway, zero to five stopwatches. I'm going to give Ford v Ferrari
1: three and a half stopwatches. Mm. This is a good movie. To me personally, it is just a little slow. I think if I was more into cars or maybe not just cars if i was more into the history yeah of this event i think it would hold me there we'll talk uh later on after the spoiler horn about all of the things that i found not super compelling in this movie <laughs> so that's what brings it down when it's good it's really good yeah but when it's going on for 45 minutes too long i check my own stopwatch a little bit so three and a half stopwatches for me.
0: <laughs> Very nice. Nate, I want to be honest. I'm going to give this movie four and a half. Mm. For someone who doesn't like or not is not into cars or even racing, I really enjoyed this movie. And I think the, the life lessons, the relationship between Christian Bale, Ken Miles' character and his son, I loved that relationship, the interactions with him and his wife and that struggle, Carol Shelby, like even the, I guess you could say the bad guy. Leo Beeb? Yes, Beeb. He was so, it's so easy to just hate him in this movie because of you know, Snively and just how he's trying to undermine Ken Miles all the time. Uh, I just found it just a great watch. It was a little long. You know, I would not, it's not a perfect movie. Uh, but man, four and a half. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was beautifully shot. The cinematography is amazing. And I loved, you know, even the racing scenes, again, like, I mean, let's be honest, I would not go to a NASCAR race in person. But it's also fun to see these like heated moments of a race depicted on the screen and you know, being able to see Ken Miles talking to himself in the car and all that. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm giving it a four and a half. All right, the spoiler horn just sounded. Nate, I'm gonna jump right to the end. I looked up Ken Miles as I was watching this movie. And when I read that they robbed him of the win for the Le Mans 24 hours race, I was physically angry. Like I can't believe
1: that you s- saw that information before it happened in this movie.
0: I mean, I had no idea of the story, so I didn't know what not to look at or not to pay attention to. So I was like, oh man, this Ken Miles guy, I'm curious like about his life a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you know, the top line of the Wikipedia is like historically robbed of winning the triple crown of racing. And like, he actually did win Le Mans, but on a technicality because of Beeb, (laughs) he didn't win. I was, I was mad. I robbed
1: you, Kim. That part of the movie filled me with a kind of righteous indignation. Yes. (laughs) That it was exactly must have been what James Mangold just ready for us to all feel because that was good. I was ready to, to fight someone while watching it. Yes. So you can't, you got to be kidding me. This, this guy, which I think Christian Bale slowing down there, Matt Damon basically saying like, hey, I'm going to support you. Yeah. You drive to win. Do your thing. We'll deal with the fallout afterwards. Yeah. The fact that Christian Bale, that was a turning point for him of going, you know what, I'm going to care more about the team. I'm going to be a team player, not just for myself. And that ends up backfiring on him. Man, that that gave me some emotions.
0: What would you have done if you were Ken Miles in that position?
1: Oh, man, I would have been in my feelings, so to speak. Laid hands on Leo B.
0: (laughs) Well, that's for sure. But as, like, Carol Shelby is telling you to slow down and you're about to get back in the car, would you actually slow down or would you be like, no, I'm going for it? I think I would have
1: slowed down
0: because i think
1: it was all about his trust for carol shelby and i think just like what shelby did for him said basically i will support you no matter what Mm. gave you know gave miles that feeling of you know what good this guy does have my back so i'm going to in return have his back by doing something for him
0: that's really good
1: yeah what would you have done you're a you're a man who chases perfection in life
0: I would have left no chance of me winning that race. I mean, you're like the Wikipedia article. You would have just pedaled to the metal. Because supposedly no one has accomplished winning those three races still to this day. And I'm like, I mean, obviously he wouldn't have known it back then, but I'm like, he could have had his name. I mean, his name's in the history books for other reasons, but I don't know if he would have run that race, maybe he wouldn't have died like testing out that car later. So you would not have slowed down. Uh, I don't know it's hard to say I might have slowed down enough so they could like get in the same picture be in my rear view mirror. at the right angle you know I mean? like if the photographer is like at you know the finish line and he's facing the road you know maybe he gets all three of us but you want to be in like a flying V but you yeah, want to still be the point of that V a very tall V <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's what a I want to do. A couple car lengths. So that, that part had a lot of emotions about it. And then I saw that he died oh, testing a car as I was reading Wikipedia. And I was like, oh, shoot. Probably shouldn't have read that. But I just want to say I loved so many scenes with Carol Shelby and Ken Miles. Even after that, you know, Carol Shelby says they robbed you. You know, Ken Miles has that moment of like probably <laughs> like the five stages of grief in a matter of five right. seconds. And then he's like, you know what? Here's what I think we should do with the car. You know, and he walks off with Carol Shelby and like.
1: We still need a lighter chassis. I was thinking bonded aluminium to ground up rebuild, but uh, if it works.
0: Basically signals to Carol show, be like, I'm okay. Like, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll move on. I loved that. Like, that
1: gave me the fact that he didn't, like, melt down there, but he was, right. he had the moment, like, yes, like you said, some great face acting there of yes. just, un, like, disbelief of what just happened. But then he just, like, getting back to what's passion, what he's passionate about.
0: Yes. And so uh, just one of the scenes I love of the two of them is when they get into the fight in the front yard of Ken Miles's house. I forget what it is, but Carol Shelby shows up. This is after he had to tell Ken Miles that he couldn't race Le Mans the first time. Right. And he's going back to tell him and then they get into that fight and they're like fighting with the groceries and there's a scene when Carol Shelby goes to get a can and he's going to hit Ken Miles with the can. And instead he reaches for a loaf of bread.
1: Oh, it's very good.
0: It is very good because you immediately get the translation. Like, okay, they're fighting and they're getting it out of their system, but they're not actually not trying to hurt each other. And, like, I just loved that moment. And the wife sets up the lawn chair in front of the house. Like, I loved all about everything about that. Well, darling.
1: Yes, love?
0: Go to get a fizzy pot, please?
1: You want one too, Shelby? No. Oh, yes, please, no. Molly. No. He can get his own just for me please in little trivia section they said both christian bale and matt damon that was their favorite scene to film together because also it was just wasn't choreographed very much oh that's funny so the fact that like <laughs> you know they didn't have to go through like months of training to like make this really cool fight scene was just like
0: no just like go at each other like like brothers basically i thought the wife character was incredible in this movie too ken miles's wife all the scenes there you didn't like her
1: I think she was great in this movie. But I think the relationship between Ken Miles and his wife, Molly, and his son, Peter, was a little bit too much in this movie because the relationship between Ken Miles and Carol Shelby was so good. I know what they were trying to do as far as family yeah. and showing that. I, I'm. It sounds like it had more impact on you. But for me... I think the most powerful scenes with the boy, for example, was when he's listening to Le Mans and he has a little diagram of yes. the racetrack yes. spread out in front of him. But I don't know. It just seemed like some of that added a little bit of extra minutes to the movie that I could gather with half the time.
0: Yeah, I get it. If I had to choose between Ken Miles and his wife or Ken Miles and his son to see the relationship on screen, I thought he and his son really communicated well. Right. The scene when, you know, the son has that drawing and he's like, tell me about the track. Tell me about the track. Nah, come on, Petey. Please.
1: Mm, Start at the start
0: line. Yeah, but you actually start here because you have to run to your car and I'm on. Sure enough. There's the other scene too when they're on the, I guess it's like a hangar runway and it's at night and Ken Miles is telling his son all these different things and it's a very deep scene.
1: Yes. Uh, no, it was, I mean, it was pretty good across the whole thing. Can we talk about a character that I think didn't need to be in this movie? Yes. That is the Lee Iacocca, played by John Bernthal, a.k.a. The Punisher. You mean the marketing guy? Yeah. I liked the whole scene meeting with Ferrari. I thought that was fun. Yes. But I kept thinking this guy was going to play a bigger role in this. In the second half, he's just kind of around, right?
0: Yeah, I would have, because he's even there like, LeMond.
1: Yeah, like, what's, his, what's his point there? Like, after he did the whole, like, I understand the whole pitching. Like, he is the catalyst for Ford getting into the racing game. Yeah. But after that, I was like, man, why, you're still here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did find, yeah, I found that to be unnecessary. I don't think he needed to be in there as much, for sure. But one character I really loved was Henry Ford II. Oh, man. Give me more Enzo Ferrari and Henry Ford II yes. in this movie. <laughs>
1: yes. And Finally, those are the Ford v. Ferrari's characters yes. that I needed.
0: Yes. I love the scene. After they lose the first time, Carol Shelby gets called into the office of Henry Ford. And Carol Shelby, again, I love the fast-talking and the justifications that he has. He could talk his way out of any situation. You know, they go up to the window, and Henry Ford II's like, We made 1,000 tanks over there for, during World War II. And then he turns to Carol Shelby. He's like, We know how to do more than push paper. Go ahead, Carol. Go to war. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I say the, And then the, the other scene is when Carol Shelby takes Henry Ford II in the car. And drives like mad. Oh, and
1: he, start, he makes him cry.
0: <laughs> he cries. Nate, I busted out laughing when Henry Ford II started crying. I just thought it was hilarious. Oh, it was just, man. I thought it was so funny. But anyway.
1: This movie has some great parts. Like, I'm thinking back on it fondly. Maybe this movie will age even better in my mind because I don't have to. Yeah. Because if you were to distill this movie down to 30 minutes of just powerful filmmaking, it's really great.
0: It's really great.
1: the 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 top thirty minutes. If you were to say like, the, what are the best moments from this movie? It's really good. I also liked who is the guy in the uh, Shelby's Ray McKinnon
0: who plays Phil Remington. Isn't that Pops? They call him like that's his nickname. Oh he comes yes, up with, yes, He Comes up with the brake you know maneuver thing where they're gonna replace the whole brake mechanism. He's great. Yeah, I love him. He's great. He does great. And there's just there's so many small moments that add so much, like at the end of the Le Mans race, you know, again, I love the scenes when Ken miles and the Ferrari driver are staring at each other and they're out navigating each other. Which Can like,
1: we all just say, that ain't what? happening in a real race.
0: No, not at all. They would, <laughs> they would fly <laughs> off the thing. No, no way.
1: You're going 200 miles an hour. You're
0: taking some time to look over and mouth like, yeah, finish. <laughs> right. At the end of the race, Ken Miles wins, but then is robbed of that victory on a technicality. He looks up at Enzo Ferrari, and Enzo Ferrari does like the most dignified, respectable hat tip mm-hmm. to Ken Miles, acknowledging that he really won the race. Like that moment alone is like a full star of the rating for me. <laughs> like that that hat tip is like epic. It's just there's just so many moments like that, just little little things like that, and just the whole early on in the movie when Carol Shelby's trying to tell Ken Miles, listen, I'm talking to some important people over here, and I told them, they, they don't want to work with you because they think you're difficult. I don't lose. Without sponsors, you get no car, Ken.
1: And last I checked, the professionals all Help. have a car.
0: And then Ken Miles eventually gets so mad, he throws the wrench. Yes. And he breaks the windshield of the car. And then I love how Carol Shelby picks up the wrench, hands it to Pops, and he's like, frame it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Those little moments, like it's just so, just so fun and cool. Like it's just great, great little things.
1: I don't know how many movies do this, but I do. It does seem familiar that there is one person who is the the mouthpiece and the the smooth talker, and then the other person's like the neurotic genius, (laughs) and the person who's a little bit more hot tempered. But they kind of work together. Wait
0: a minute, which which one are you? Which one am I?
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I mean, I, I think we all know who the genius is among us. We've done the IQ test.
0: Yeah, you, do, you do have more TikTok followers. That's for sure. <laughs> it's true. Before we get too far down the rabbit hole, accent corner. Do you have thoughts on uh, accents? Let me tell you something Matt Damon, with a tiny
1: bit of drawl, but not much. Big fan. Gold. Big fan.
0: It's a truly lucky man who knows what he wants to do in this world that man will
1: never work a day in his life now christian bale does a british accent from a different part of great britain than he's actually from and in an interview when he talks about being from a very different part of Great Britain and his accent, as he describes it, is sort of a, a very weird collection of different British sounds because he moved around a lot and he then he lived in America for a long time. He says it's akin to the accent of someone from the Bronx versus someone from Texas. Okay. So for me, it all sounded fine and good. I don't know if he really nailed Ken Miles' actual accent, right? but that is for those... Living across the pond to judge. it sounded fine to me. If you're going to push a piece of machinery to the limit and expect it to hold together, you have to have some sense of where that limit is.
0: It sounded fine to me, and I def- I liked Carol Shelby's accent too. You know, the one part I gave this movie four and a half. If the- there's only reason why I wouldn't get a five, there are there are other reasons. But the voiceover that bookends this movie. Carol Shelby talking about the 7,000 RPMs and Mm -hmm. weightless and all that. I wasn't crazy about that.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. He he seemed a little sensational for what the movie actually was.
0: Well, he's saying it in like the super deep, sage way, and I'm just like, uh, it doesn't feel that deep.
1: There was an old prophecy about 7,000 RPMs. Everything goes weightless. They said it couldn't be done. Uh, Yeah. You're right. You're right. I don't think we needed that part of it too much
0: another 7,000 RPM part in that one race, Ken miles is losing and Carol Shelby writes on the sign 7,000 plus her. I forget what the rest of it said. It was like 7,000 plus drive. Like, uh, I love that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, don't know if that's actually what it says. Anyway, I liked that moment. And then the scene and the music and the cinematography of them, him just like going super fast. was a lot of fun. My last, uh, point, my corner, I typically never visit this corner of the room. I typically leave it to you. All right. But I'm going to enter wardrobe slash accessory corner. Ooh, okay. And one of the things that caught my eye several times, the watches that Carol Shelby and Ken Miles wore during the movie. Specifically, Carol Shelby's watch. I'll send you a link to this article that I found. Uh, Apparently, there's a whole... Well, I mean, I knew there was a whole world of Watch people. Oh, sure. That, you know, looks for all this stuff. But when I found this article of the kind of watch that Carol Shelby and Ken Miles wore in this movie, I just thought it was a, a great looking watch. I wonder what it would cost to get one of those. And? So the Carol Shelby character wears a Hewer Carrera reference 7753 SN watch chronograph. It's a great looking watch. I love the band. I love the face. Looked it up. It's an old watch. I mean, it's a nineteen sixties watch, so it's not like you can just like go to the store and buy it new. Okay, well that fits. So on eBay, they range from like six to eight thousand dollars for the watch. <sighs> okay. But and now this is one of the things, this is just a personal thing. I don't even know if we've ever talked about this. You
1: could probably buy one of the your Toyota
0: echo or whatever you have you could buy three (laughs) of them now they don't even make them anymore but anyway i this is one of those things where someday if i actually have a ton of disposable income that i can just Mm -hmm. spend 10 grand and not even think about it i would buy this watch Mm. i really like this watch and i would buy it and i would enjoy wearing it
1: wonderful i'm not a huge watch person but i do appreciate when someone who is into watches again something back to the theme of this episode When people are passionate about a specific thing, I find it fascinating and interesting.
0: Listen, and the watch people, let me tell you. Different breed. If you fall down the rabbit hole of mechanical watch people, and that's something I appreciate too, like the intricacy and the expertise it takes to make these watches. And I would want, like if I want to spend that money on a watch, I want one from the 60s. You know, I don't want to go to Movado and buy one of their watches today. You want some history. I want history. I want it to be meaningful. Uh yeah, so that's all. I just I really liked his watch. And this article I thought was hilarious talking about the different watches. So Love it. Good looking watches. Remember our last episode I asked you about if you felt the Call
1: of the Wild when we yeah. watched the Call of the Wild?
0: hmm That's right.
1: Do you after watching this movie feel the call of the Motor Rev?
0: Oh no. No, not at all.
1: <laughs> there is no part of you that goes like, Man, I could I could see myself in one of these cars.
0: No, the only car I actually desire is a Tesla because it's all electric, it drives itself, and I don't have to think about it. That's the only car I actually desire.
1: And what, it, and what it says about you is, this is a man who's got his eye on the
0: future. That's, a, that's it. Gives me no desires or yearnings for anything. The only thing it does instill or instigate in me is I would love to watch another historical film like this that is true, mm. to, the, true to the tale. I enjoy those. Love it. So that that's all. And now let me ask you one final question, Nate. Yes. After discussing with spoilers, do you care to amend your rating at all? You give this movie a three and a half.
1: No, I I hold to I hold to the time of this movie being a little bit long. Mm-hmm. I really could have used 45 minutes trimmed from this movie. I think the 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 family interact like I found the racing. So fun. Okay. I found the history behind it. I found Le Mans fascinating. This whole 24-hour thing is just, it's great. And I loved the Ford, the Henry Ford and yeah. the Ferrari. I loved all of it. There is just some fluff in this movie that is well shot and well acted. I'm not saying anyone's a... A weak link. A weak, there, there are no weak links. It's just a little long for me. And when I start getting a little bored, that takes it down for me.
0: I will say whatever... Sadist came up with the idea of a twenty-four hour race. Seems crazy, like man, that's a something. Why would you do that if you have a fast car to, to see if you can? See if have
1: you, can. you ever heard of the Iditarod, the dog sled race yes, across Alaska? I do
0: recognize that name now. Yes, yes like it's Iditarod, stuff
1: like that yeah. where it's like it's it's this around the world in eighty days, this twenty-four hour, it's stretching, yeah, yeah, stretching yeah. to the limits.
0: I remember that. Okay, but but Nate, now look at this link that I sent you: the Nürburgring. Nurburgring. It is a track in Germany, and it is one of the I don't know, like one of the most difficult tracks, maybe. And so there's like a lot of time trial uh, records. I think something crazy, like the Dodge Viper, had held the record for a long time. Nurburgring. Cool. <laughs> okay. Well, listeners, we hope you enjoyed our review of Ford v Ferrari from 2019. If you would. And if you haven't yet, we would love for you to leave a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It would help us climb the ranks and be discovered by more movie lovers around the world. And you can always comment and interact with us on Instagram, at Movies on the Side. That's where we are at. It was was a long one because I I buried the lead a little bit. No kidding. (laughs) Should I I tease exactly kind of uh, what it was about? I'll tease it. Okay, go ahead. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter... How can you do it, Stephen? Well, you go to patreon.com slash movies on the side. Link is in show notes. And with
1: a contribution of any amount, you get to listen to the whole backlog of our Patreon episodes, where we talk about everything that's not related to the movie at all. And this week, in our Patreon episode, Stephen talked about a manhunt that uh, happened in his own backyard. And knowing Stephen he talked about a manhunt in his own backyard and you'll have to listen to the patreon episode to hear how the manhunt
0: ends yes. we talk about it for quite a while yes. this is not a sensational buzzfeed headline either like that is literally what happened uh, in my backyard so anyway patreon.com slash movies on the side check us out there we'll catch you next week
1: This episode will... I can't talk. (laughs)